Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings! Today's readings are Jeremiah chapter 7 through 9. Rabbit trails. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a convicting ride. We're going to start out in pursuit of a rabbit on a trail that will lead us back to our reading eventually. This is a word study. Now, today I want to begin by talking about murder. You probably got an image of someone maliciously taking another person's life when I said that. But is that the only definition? How about adultery, a spouse cheating on their spouse with another person? But is that the only definition? What if I told you that the father considered it adultery when his children go after other gods or worship idols? Exodus 34.15, he says they are spiritual prostitutes committing adultery against me by sacrificing to their gods. And in Exodus 34.16, he says, then they will cause your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. Psalms 106.39 says, they defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in Yahweh's sight. Isaiah 57, 7 states, You have committed adultery on the mountaintops by worshiping idols there, and so you have been unfaithful to me. With these verses, we've established that Yahweh sees adultery in additional ways, although he is still clear that being unfaithful to a spouse is adultery as well. And now back to murder. Proverbs 18:21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Whoa. So it is thought, with lots more scripture to back it up, should you choose to dig around a bit, that when we use our words to injure someone, it is a spiritual murder, so to speak. Okay, put this in your back pocket for now, and let's get into today's readings. A side note, when I refer to the church, I like to use the term we, because we, as children of Yahweh, are all part of a collective body. As such, we should feel the pain and accountability of that body, even though we will each be judged according to our own life. When the body falters, we grieve. When the body strays away from the path, we grieve, but do not follow. Still, we are part of the body. Diving right into chapter 7, we are met with Jeremiah 7 verse 8, which reads, Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come to stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered, only to go on doing these abominations? Now, in case you missed it, based on our word studies when we began today, that's eight out of the ten commandments they're breaking right there. The Father's flat out calling them out. My paraphrase of this passage is, so you go around breaking my commandments and then have the nerve to come into my house and proclaim that I've delivered you from sin. Then you go on practicing this sin as soon as you leave my house again. That's some nerve, right? I mean, 
How bold can someone be, especially to do all this stuff that they know full well Yahweh can see, knowing all too well that they've been told not to do it, then pretend that it's all good in his eyes? Some nerve. But they were only breaking eight out of the Ten Commandments. At least there were two that were still somewhat obeyed. In our time, we have best-selling pastors and authors telling us that none of the commandments apply to us anymore. We have churches telling us to come as we are and stay that way because the Father will love us right where we're at and we can just love Him back, ignore everything else, avoid His Word, and rework Him to be a soft, fluffy God that merely smiles warmly at the world and all of its trappings. Only, that isn't Yahweh. That's a God we've created in our own minds, but it isn't Yahweh. So at least they were keeping two out of ten. How many do you think the church, collectively, adheres to in our time? So here's the quick summary of the Ten Commandments. We shouldn't go after other gods in our lives, only Him. No idols. Don't take His name in vain or misuse it. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor father and mother. No murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. Now, this doesn't even come close to what the Ten Commandments actually say. It is a quick micro-summary for the sake of making a point. If you wrote them out in their entirety back when I challenged you to do that, you saw that they take up several pages to write. Please take a moment to read them in their entirety today in Exodus 20 as a small honor to the Father for loving us enough to so generously share His wisdom with us. So how many commandments do we keep? I'd say out of all of those, we may mostly have the murder thing in the clear, but if you include the evil speech of the tongue, that one's out as well. While there is a percentage that can claim innocence of marital adultery, how many of us can truly claim we have not committed adultery against the Father by making idols out of the things of this world? Truthfully, I can go through them all, but as a whole, I don't see a single commandment that the collective church keeps today. Even the super obvious ones. I'm not saying individuals don't keep them, but the group as a whole doesn't even come close. The miserable level of unfaithfulness that Israel had in Jeremiah's time would be something that we could aspire to and still be in better shape than we are now. Which leads me to my next verse. Hang on, because I'm going to hop around a bit today. Going up a bit to Jeremiah 7 verse 4, which reads, Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of Yahweh, the temple of Yahweh, the temple of Yahweh. Now, some of you may be thinking, what does that mean? So let's translate it to the modern equivalent. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the church. This is the church. This is the church. What does that mean? Well, going to church, being in a house dedicated to him while living our lives without any dedication to him. If we don't hold his word and authority and don't do as he says, but then go to church and declare we are delivered, we're not just sinning before him. We're boldly sinning before him. Y'all, honestly, I sin enough without trying not to. I sin enough by accident, with good intent, and with a heart set on Yahweh. So when I see him pointing out something and saying not to do it, I set my heart right skippy-like to step in line and do what he says. Bold sin can be avoided. Bold sin. Sin when we know better. Sin when we've been warned and forgiven and covered in the blood of our Messiah, but we set our hearts to go right back and do it again. 
That's a whole other ball of wax in the eyes of the Father. It is an abuse of grace, and it is high-handed. See Numbers 15, verses 28 through 31. And there is absolutely no excuse. No matter how many are doing it, no matter what pseudo-pastor or false teacher said it was okay, no matter how long it's been going on. Once the Father has let us know what He thinks about it, we have to make a choice between forsaking the teaching of the world and obeying the Father, or forsaking the Father for the world. I was a bold sinner most of my life. There were things in God's Word that I knew He had said, but I believed they no longer applied because no one else was doing them. Kind of like when you finish a test before anyone else, but you look around and see that everyone else is still working on it, so you look down again and pretend to be working on it too. I saw what God said as a child. It was simple and straightforward. But I looked up and saw that no one else was keeping His commandments, so I doubted myself and figured I must have misunderstood. Let's read the whole passage now. This is Jeremiah 7, verses 7 through 10. I'm just going to read the straight ESV translation. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, I will truly execute justice one with another. If you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal? Murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? This passage teaches us that we can't flatter ourselves by thinking we can live however we choose and all will be well in Yahweh's eyes, by saying, we're the church, we're the church. Then we live how we want. We ignore Him. We ignore His commandments. We sin against Him. We commit adultery against Him by having other gods before Him. And then we say, we're the church. We're the church. Messiah responded to that in Matthew 7.23. Read that now if you would like to. Moving on. Jeremiah 7.13. The Father says He spoke to them persistently, and they refused to listen. He called them, and they did not answer. As a result, in Jeremiah 7.16, Jeremiah is warned not to even pray for these people, not to cry out for them, pray for them, or try to intercede for them, because the Father will not hear it on behalf of these people. Man, and they weren't even breaking as many commandments as the church today does. If that isn't a stark wake-up call, I don't know what is. Jeremiah 7.19 reminds us that though we may now realize we are wronging Yahweh, how much more so are we wronging ourselves by removing the blessing of a relationship with Him from our lives? 
Jeremiah 7, 23-28 reiterates how simple the Father's instructions were, how He urged them time and again, but so strong was their foolish faith in their own wisdom and their own ways that they shut Him out time and again. As you continue reading in chapter 7, you will see Yahweh basically say, and y'all, this is my paraphrase, y'all don't think that because you're in my temple and walking around saying you're worshiping me that I don't see what you're doing. Don't think walking under the banner of my name will protect you when you do all this evil in my eyes. Check out Shiloh. See how well that worked for them. Now, y'all, Shiloh was a biblical city that was the center of worship for Yahweh for over 300 years. The people who lived there felt they were in Yahweh's city and protected. Yet, they began to live however they wanted, and he destroyed them. Twice. Moving on to chapter 8, we read, Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. That's Jeremiah 8, 5. See Jeremiah 16, 19, which reads, Surely our fathers have inherited lies. And Jeremiah 8, 7 reads, Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. But my people know not the rules of Yahweh. Jeremiah 8, 8 makes a bold charge. And remember that the Father is the one speaking, so this is not a baseless charge, and the implications of it are still suffered by us today. It reads, How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. Now, the word for law was originally Torah. Pay attention to what this passage is saying. What is the Father charging the scribes with doing to his word? Jeremiah 8.9 reads, Behold, they have rejected the word of Yahweh. So what wisdom is in them? Answer, none. These are people whose ancestors, as well as themselves, have known Yahweh as his favored people, and they have access to his word, and yet they reject it. They have no wisdom with them, just as Yahweh says. Again, we see this line in Jeremiah 8.11-12, which reads, They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nope, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Oh, boldly sinning. No remorse. No concern. Most likely not even a realization that they had sinned against him because they did not know the word of the Father. They did not understand his rules or his ways. They felt secure because they were the church. They were the chosen people of Yahweh, and in that, they found security. Jeremiah 8.13 reads, When I would gather them, declares Yahweh, there are no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves have withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. We will know a tree by its fruit. There is no fruit in Yahweh's people that would denote them as being of Him. This is a further indictment and proof of their choices. Matthew seven fifteen through 20 reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. 
Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. It's time for a fruit check. Jeremiah 9.3 reads, Falsehood and not truth has grown strong in the land, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, declares Yahweh. We will continue to read in our passages today that Yahweh's reminder to them was about that. Pay careful attention to the charges Yahweh places against them. They do not know his word. They don't walk in his ways. They chase after other gods. See what I mean? Hard stuff in Jeremiah. Clear and hard stuff. The Father is speaking plainly, and it is simply impossible for me to overlook his words and disregard the obvious lesson in here for all of us. It's hard on my heart to read. Each chapter gives me more to look at when examining my own life and my desire to grow closer to the Father, to please him, and to situate myself more in line with the shadow of Messiah's footsteps. Now, I want you to take a moment and read Jeremiah 9. 12 through 16, or make note of it to read after you're done with these notes. And we're going to ask this question. If the Father feels this way about Israel forsaking his commandments, why do we think he'll be okay with us doing the same? Do we really think that Yahweh would condemn his beloved so harshly and then change his mind and let us do worse? Remember, Malachi 3.6 offers some insight into this. Do we honestly think that Messiah gave his life so that we could forsake the Father's wisdom and live according to our own? In that same passage, we see the wisdom the wise men should boast in. This is Jeremiah 9, 23-24, and it reads, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me, and that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Y'all, don't shoot the messenger. Instead, let us marvel at how amazing it is that our Father took the time to show us these truths in His Word. Because the truth is, He does love us just as we are. But he loves us too much to let us stay that way. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of his word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.